We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Into my head, which was um, the presence has to change us. So um, I'm just going to share my screen. Um, so the presence has to change us. And then he gave me this verse. Let's uh, make sure that is now working. There we go. Um, which is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Uh, and for those guys who are a bit newer to the Bible, I'm just going to go through that verse a little bit. And there are many clever people in the church who could tell you the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic, but um, I can tell you the English um, because I'm actually a, a, an English teacher. So we're going to work it from that angle a little bit. So, uh, and we all, just to start with the word we, it is called an inclusive pronoun. Um, Paul was writing to the Corinthians, but it kind of suggests a wider audience, which I really like because it makes it feel like it's directed at me or actually at all of us. Um, and then with unveiled face, uh, this relates back to Moses, who when he came in contact with God, he had a face that shined really brightly. And to kind of deal with that, he used to wear a veil and cover his face up to stop it from shining too much, uh, which is an interesting one. But it's suggesting that we can, uh, we have unveiled faces. So we don't have to have that kind of... Um, Thing between us and God and then the word beholding it's a really nice word we don't really use it very much anymore we hear that phrase beauty is in the eye of the beholder and I remember as a kid I used to have this book of um, like dingbats and there was one with you know someone holding a bee and then the word was behold you know corny but it's a nice word um, it's not about just having a glimpse of God it's not about kind of looking and then looking away the idea of beholding is kind of a, a deep staring at and holding on to. So we're, we're looking at the glory of the Lord and we're being transformed. We're being changed into the same image. So we're being transformed, being changed into the image of Jesus from one degree of glory to another. Um, and so, again, it's this idea that as we spend time in the presence of God, we have to change. Um, it's not so much of a choice, that's the reality. If we're spending time with God, if we're encountering the presence of God, we are, we are changing. But I know there are probably many of you, like me, who have times in your life where actually it doesn't feel like we're changing. We often refer to it as um, plateauing. Um, so, you know, you feel like you kind of get to a point. Sometimes it feels like things are moving really forward really quickly, and other times it feels like you're just kind of a bit stuck. And so, um, I want to look today at uh, what stops us from changing, what stops us from being transformed. Um, so a few things, I'll just tell you what I'm going to look at really quickly. So first of all, and there might be lots and lots of reasons why we stop being transformed, but here are a few which relate back to the verse. So a wrong understanding of who we are looking at, an unwillingness to change, and failing to focus our attention on the one we should be beholding. So I'm going to go through those in a little bit more detail. So my first question is, who, who are you looking at? And I want to return to Moses, 
and just have a little um, look at him. Because he had two really key experiences with God. The first uh, was when he saw the burning bush and he didn't really know who God was. Um, he'd been brought up in the palace. He probably knew a bit about the Israelite faith, faith but at the same time, it wasn't something he had experienced, um, probably wasn't allowed to worship in the Israelite way. So he had very limited experience. And his response at coming across the burning bush was, and Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Um, and again, I'll just go back to this idea of holding. In this case, he's deliberately kind of turning away from and not looking at God. And that's in Exodus 3, verse 6. And then his second experience was when he was at Mount Sinai and he was getting the Ten Commandments and his response is very different. His response is, please show me your glory. Um, and that's in Exodus 33, 18. And it's, it's like a very different response. So we've got a turning away from God, a fear of God to a kind of desperation and a hunger for God. And I think the, the big change is he didn't really know who God was. Um, between these two things, quite a lot of stuff's happened. So he, uh, he's seen that God is a faithful God. He sees God as a compassionate God. He sees God as a merciful God. So from here to here, he has got like a completely different understanding of who God is. The other thing that's changed is his, in this kind of example, when he's, he's um, hiding his face from God, he, he's all about him. He's worried about him. He's saying, oh, I'm not good enough. I can't speak. Can you please send Aaron? That's his brother. Um, and he's, he's really concerned that it's dependent on him. But by this point, in the second mountain of experience, that's changed. He has realised that the experience isn't about him, but about God. He's seen God work through him despite his failings, despite his inadequacies. So it's, it's, it's difficult sometimes when we don't really know God. Um, and we, we don't have that revelation of who God is, our, 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 the thing we think we're looking at is slightly incorrect. It's, it's not quite, um, quite accurate. So first question is kind of thinking about who is it, who you're focusing on? Is it, do you have a right perspective of God? Um, is that the thing you're kind of experiencing and looking to? Okay, second question. Um, who will you become? So the idea is about being transformed um, into the image that we're looking at. And so the person, oh, didn't want to do that a bit. Uh, the person we're looking at is Jesus. Um, and if we're thinking about Jesus, the question is, do we want to become more and more like Jesus? And that makes me quite uncomfortable because it means changing. And we get quite set in our ways. Uh, we like control. Um, you know, that, that's what comes kind of, that's comfortable for us and, and actually the idea of becoming more like Jesus is quite a, a difficult one so an example here is the rich young ruler and the rich young ruler he um he came to Jesus asking how to get into heaven and Jesus response was uh, you know follow follow the commandments and the, the rich young man's like yeah yeah no, I, I've done all that and then Jesus then I'll read Jesus looked at him and loved him one thing you lack he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And I really identify with the rich young ruler because he, he goes away disheartened and discouraged. And in my mind, I like a slightly different end of the story. He goes away, he thinks about it 
and he comes back again um, because he realizes that Jesus is worth everything. But again, it's so, um, I, I just identify with him so much because actually, uh, like, it's, it's really hard, isn't it, to um, give up our control, give up our, the, the things we hold dear and recognize that actually uh, he's, worth, he's worth everything. Um, so if I want to change and become like Jesus, I've got to think about where am I least like Jesus? And the example I've got for you is, um, I'm not particularly an angry person. Uh, I don't get angry very easily, but there's one thing that makes me angry uh, and that's as people, particularly people who are driving in cars uh, and particularly when I'm in a traffic jam and I'm going straight ahead and there's a nice empty um, lane beside me for people who are turning right and I'm stuck going ahead and then someone who comes from behind the, the queue goes zooming down the, the right-hand lane and then indicates to kind of cut into the lane to go straight ahead. And everything in me gets so angry and I, I get very, uh, I wouldn't say violent because that would be a bad idea in the car, but you know, it gets very upset and um, it's not the right reaction. I'm not saying that what they're doing is correct, but my response, the, the kind of feelings of hatred and loathing towards that person, that's not correct. And the more I look at Jesus and the more I want to become like Jesus, I need to recognise that there are certain things that I have to give up. Um, and I think, I think we could probably all find those examples in our lives where actually, you know, we're quite comfortable with that wrong attitude, we're quite comfortable with that response, when actually to become more like Jesus, um, it, it means changing. So sometimes I think the idea of changing can make us a little uncomfortable and not something we're so willing to do. Okay, the third question is, what are you looking at? Um, we have a tendency to take our eyes off of Jesus and see the world around us. Um, and it's very, very easy in our culture. Uh, we're not desperate for food in the same way. We've, we've got clean water. Um, if we need things, we've got, you know, we've even got the NHS and stuff like that. So our, our dependence on God is, is quite different. There's, there's this... Thing about becoming quite comfortable um, and right now for example I'm, I'm very comfortable I don't find living in lockdown very difficult uh, I find you know I've got food I've got uh, a nice house got garden um, I'm able to go out and exercise every day um, I'm not fearful and so I'm finding it actually really hard to spend time with God because normally what prompts my spending time with God is that, ah, oh, Jesus, I, you know, I want this to happen, I need this to change, this is upsetting me. And I'm just like, doo, 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 doo. very happy, uh, very at peace. And, and actually, I want to be focused on Jesus. Um, and like Bernard Sanders said, it's about seeking him for who he is and not what he does. So on one hand, I can get very, very complacent, very, you know, because I don't have any desires. But on the other hand, I need to recognise I actually want Jesus for Jesus and who he is. Um, following on from the rich young ruler, this verse, uh, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And it is that same thing of um, when you've got lots, when you're comfortable, actually to recognise that God is worth everything. Is actually much harder. Um, if you haven't got very much, 
uh, it, it's, I think it is an easier thing. So we talk about the pearl of great price. And I think in the pearl of great price, someone comes across a, an amazing jewel in a field, they go sell everything they have to buy the field. And I think it must be easier to sell everything you have when you don't have very much than if it is to um, sell, you know, if you've got loads, to sell everything feels like a much bigger thing. But it's about recognizing who Jesus is and just the value of him. And I think the psalmist has got it right. So in Psalm 84, verse 10, it says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. There's two things there. It's like, you know, do I understand Jesus to the point where one day in his presence is worth more than a thousand elsewhere? Uh, I think of, you know, the nicest place I've been. And so I was in Thailand in October, uh, sitting by an empty swimming pool, sun shining down, thousand days there. That sounds, that sounds amazing. But just one day in God's courts is better than a thousand days, a thousand days there. And equally, I would rather be a doorkeeper. And that's a tough one. Um, a doorkeeper doesn't sound like a very um, impressive job. Uh, maybe, maybe it was, I don't know. But the idea of being just a doorkeeper, right, it is worth everything. Jesus is worth everything. So when it comes to what am I looking at, am I looking at the Jesus that is worth everything? Or am I getting distracted, turning left and right and seeing other things as being more exciting, more important? Um, so I want to just kind of go back to this idea of oh, we'll just quickly look at this verse again. So here's the three questions. So is our understanding of who we're looking at accurate? Are we willing to be transformed? Or have we taken our eyes off the prize? Um, so I want to come back really quickly to this idea of pursuing presence, which is something we've been talking lots and lots about over the last year. And one of the questions that we've been thinking about is, what does it mean to pursue? And the word pursue uh, means an effort to secure or attain quest. And we often think about it in terms of effort. If I'm going to pursue someone like in a race or, you know, chase them down, that is going to require a lot of effort. Um, but I think we need to change our heart position a little bit. Um, in my mind, pursuit is more about refocusing my eyes back on Jesus. Um, and it's the idea of beholding his glory again, beholding his image. Um, so often we think we can do things to make the presence happen. So I can read the Bible more and I'll experience the presence more. I can worship more and then I can, you know, I'll be more in his presence. And it's so easy for us to put it on our efforts. But just like Moses, the recognition is it isn't on us. It is on him. Um, and if we turn our eyes back to him, we end up being more in his presence. And I think, if you think back to Sofa Sunday about a month ago, Chris was talking about his love, uh, increased love for the Bible. And I think that was more of a gift that God gave him rather than something he felt he must do to ensure the presence of God. I think often we, we take these things that are meant to be gifts and we turn them into things that we must do to achieve more. And so I think it's about, again, this idea of turning our hearts, turning our vision, back towards Jesus. Um, so how do you pursue the presence of God? How do you view pursuing the presence of God? Um, and I'm just, I'm really grateful that the verse um, that we've been looking at 
talks about one degree of glory to another. Uh, and we often think change happens overnight, that it should be kind of a radical change. And sometimes that does happen, but often it's those really small changes, just a little bit by a little bit. Um, and another verse I think really comforting is this one, which is in Philippians 1 verse 6. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So even if those little bits, even if those little degrees feel incredibly small, there's a promise here that he is working in our lives. And sometimes it might feel like we plateau, it might even be that we feel like we've gone backwards a bit, but the promise is that he will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And that is really exciting and really comforting. And so just to return us to these questions, um, and the challenge really is, do you feel like you're plateauing, particularly in this time of lockdown? Again, I appreciate that not everyone uh, feels the same as me, but are, are there any things that have slowed down your relationship, slowed down your pursuit? Um, have you, you know, recognised that you don't know God, who he is, and the goodness that he, he is? Uh, are you willing to change? These are good questions to kind of think about in this time. Um, or have you taken your eyes off the prize and who he is and how worthy he is? I'm going to leave it there and back to John. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk. Thank you.